Yo, today's QOD is you are enough to be who you want to be. Here we go. Quote of the day show. I'm your host, Sean Croxton at SeanCroxton.com. We've got billionaire Robert F. Smith on the show today. Black billionaire, by the way. And today, Robert is going to talk about his early life experiences and how those experiences shaped his mindset, his vision, and his work ethic. And he's also going to talk about three dad rules or lessons or principles that will set you up for enormous success. And, you know, this one starts off a little bit slow, but just make sure you listen to the whole thing because there are some gems in here. Robert F. Smith, he's coming up. Let me give you a little bit of background and history. I grew up in Colorado. I'm the fourth generation in my family from Colorado. We've been there since the 1860s. Half of us were marched out there um, unwillingly in the 1860s. The other half kind of migrated up from Texas and parts of Kansas uh, in that period of time. And we settled in this little town called Pueblo, Colorado, which, as you can imagine, um, there weren't very many of us there as African-Americans. But one of the things you learn uh, when you grow up in a place like uh, Denver, Colorado, and uh, is that the strength of your community is, is critically important in terms of helping you understand, A, who you are, B, how to get to where you want to go. You know, I come from a long line of educators, school teachers, and in some cases they uh, found themselves with the highest level of education. You know, uh, both of my parents had what we called, you know, doctorates, EDDs in education. Um, hard fought, hard won, you know, from the, in the 60s and the 70s, as you can imagine. And I looked, I remember being in elementary school when I was uh, probably six or seven or eight years old, uh, where they were actually first starting to desegregate um, the school system. Um, prior to that, it was segregated, you know, all the black kids went to black schools and uh, white kids went to white schools, and that's what it was. My father was actually a principal at the neighborhood school, which was literally six blocks from my house but they decided to desegregate, so I had to now get on a bus and travel about 45 minutes to go to school every morning, which means we got up at 5.45 in the morning, I had to go clean up my dad's car, my mom's car, all that happy stuff, and then get to school. Now, the interesting thing about that was once I was at school, after about two or three years, and these kids who didn't look like me uh, figured out that I wasn't that bad of a person, uh, I every now and then got invited to their homes for like a birthday party. And when I went to those houses, I found out their houses were a lot bigger than mine. Uh, they had nicer stuff than we had. They had better cars than we had. And when I actually found out what their parents did, um, their parents actually were no more educated than my parents. In fact, they were a lot less educated than my parents. And so the conundrum in my mind was my parents always told me, get a great education. And that was an important part of life. And I said, okay, great. But then I looked and said, well, you guys have this great education, but yet we live worse off than they do. And that's when it hit me for the first time um, how in America, education is not enough, especially for us as African-Americans. You also need to have access to the economy. And so as I'm now going from, you know, from elementary school to middle school to high school, I started to actually think about, well, what is access to the economy? Why did they live in that great house 
And A, their father is a contractor, but owns his own, his own contracting business. And yet down the street, I had a friend, his father worked for a contractor, but didn't own his own contracting business. They lived near, near us. And when I looked at that, I said, you know, part of what has to happen, and in my mind was I needed to, and I wanted to become a business owner. And that was early on. So literally, you know, I started my first business when I was probably nine or 10 years old. I was selling golf balls and I, you know, cut grass. I did all those sorts of things because the fact of the matter is I actually didn't like wearing my brother's clothes until I was 14 years old. You know, I wore hand-me-downs basically into that period of time. And I don't know if any of you have experienced that, but, you know, kids can be cruel in some respects. But part of that also hardens you to help you understand and help you to reach some of your goals. And part of my goal was to be part of uh, an, an, an economic class in America where I could buy my own clothes, the ones I wanted, and buy the shoes that I wanted, and go the places I wanted. And one of the advantages of, again, having parents who... Uh, wanted me to read and forced me to read. I got a chance to read a number of things. And one of the things that inspired me early in my life was actually, believe it or not, the James Bond novels. Because as I read them, they took me and transported me to places that I had no idea actually really existed. And if you've ever seen any of those movies, I mean, they characterize them in these movies. And I was like, wow, this is pretty terrific. I want to figure out a way to actually get to that place. And that is part of the impetus behind me working hard and also driving myself to, to go figure out how to create an opportunity uh, that I could actually make big and lasting and, and, and have an impact. And so as I then started going into high school, you know, computers were just now getting introduced in our economy. And I heard about this place called Bell Labs where they invented the transistor. And they had a Bell Labs in my, uh, my, in my, it was outside of Denver, but in, my, in, in the state. And I called the human resources director when I was a junior in high school. And I said, hey, you know, I'd like to get a job at, at Bell Labs. And they said, I said, do you have summer internships? And they said, well, if you're between your junior and senior year in college, we, we have internships. And I said, that's fantastic. I'm a junior in high school. I'm taking AP classes. I'm getting all A's in them. It's just like being in college. And the woman said, no, it isn't. And I called that human resources director every day for two weeks. And this is in the month of January. And she stopped taking the calls after the second day. But I left a message every single day for two weeks. I then called her every Monday for five months. And finally, I got a call back in June. And she called and she said, hey, listen. And she called. My dad happened to be home at the time. And uh, he said, hey, this woman from Bell Labs called you and said she'd like you to call her back. I'm like, wow, okay, so I called her back. She said, she said, listen, a student from MIT didn't show up. And I'm not guaranteeing you anything, but we have an extra slot for the summer. So why don't you come and let's interview you and you know, we'll see what happens. So of course, I get the one suit that I owned and, and put it on and the one white shirt that I had and I, you know, at the time, I bought my first car when I was 15, and my mom got mad when let me drive, drive it until I was 16. But, you know, got that thing working, put $2 of gas in, which gas was probably 40 cents a gallon then, and drove to Bell Labs and got a job at Bell Labs when I was 17 years old. And then the world just opened up for me. You all have these things in your pockets, you know, cell phones. I saw the first mobile phone 30, over 30 years ago the first video phone over 30 years ago in one of these laboratories. And I said, wow, this is where the world is going. 
And I have an opportunity to understand how these things are made, not just to consume them, but as I like to think about it, have, be, have an opportunity to upload into the economy and not download, right? Because if you're uploading, you're making money. If you're downloading, you are spending it and someone else is making it. And I was experience, got that experience when I was 17 years old and I said, at that point, I knew that in the world that we, at least I lived in, intelligence can create huge profits. And in fact, you can actually make more money being smart than you can being strong or fast. Okay? And so the importance of developing intellectual property cannot be underestimated. Because I want you to think about something. Intellectual property, no one else can take that from you. Point number one, if you manage it right. Point number two, it is constantly evolving and it actually takes no capital. If I want to go into real estate business, it takes me a whole lot of money to go buy a building and get in the real estate business. Intellectual property, I just have to think through how it actually works and then de develop it. And that's what really launched me on the path to saying, you know what? You know, as good as I thought I was playing football and all those wonderful things, and my mom was, was a wonderful uh, uh, governor to my ambitions. She said, you are a far better a scholar than you are athlete, um, which kind of hurt my feelings um, at the time. Uh, but she was absolutely right. And I started to turn my attention to what I call developing my mind. So from that, I now have what I call three sayings that, that we use uh, and I drive in my kids um, and, and to help them think about life. And we have three rules, and I call them dad's rules. And the first rule is you are enough. And I hope they realize, and I'll, hopefully I'll share this with you, that you are enough to be who you want to be and to create what you want to create. You have to make sure that beyond the intention that you put out there, you put action to support the intention. Don't say, I want to be a millionaire, but don't take the activities to do it. Or I want to be the best at something, but don't practice it. It's important to understand that you are enough pieces, you know, you know, put in the vision, have the vision of what you want to become, but you have to put consistent action behind that vision in order for that to manifest. And it has to be consistent. You know, I had the good fortune, I was invited here by one of my fraternity brothers, uh, Louis Tobias, and I remember many a day, Louis and I, Friday night, we're gonna go to the party, and we went to the party, and we finished at the party at 2.30, and three o'clock, we were back studying so that we could do well on an exam on Monday. It is the importance of knowing that it's your own intention and your power and your actions that can actually lead to you know, the outcome that, is good, that, that you want to have manifest. You now, the second rule that, I, that, I, you know, that we call dad's rules is discover the joy of figuring things out. You know, in this world, and I, I, you know, the importance of actually you know, going through the process of understanding what the problem is and then figuring it out yourself. And every now and then you need some help, that's fine. But if you get too much help, you never figure out how to do things. And you don't develop the grit. And some of the older folks in this audience are shaking their heads. Yeah, you got to have grit. And grit means getting turned away from things 14, 15 times, calling someone every two weeks, you know, every day for five months. And then finally, it materializing in something that you want. And discovering the joy of figuring things out means, you know, if, if you, know, for, you know, fight through those problems. 
understand and learn how you address those problems and come up with the answers to those uh, come up to, with the answers to those problems within a solution that is uniquely yours. That's an important part of growing up and solving problems because if you can't solve easy problems now, you will not be able to solve difficult problems later. And the last thing is love is all that matters. You need to make sure that you love yourself, your family, and those in your community, but you cannot let that love hold you back, but you have to let that love empower you. And so those are kind of the three, you know, the three lessons that I want to impart, and I'm happy you know, at this point, really, to, to take questions and, and any questions, I'm, yeah, it's all fair game. Uh, and hopefully, you know, there will be a few nuggets of wisdom that might be helpful to, helpful to you, you know, realize your dream and become the person you want to become. So. That was Robert F. Smith wrapping up the week. His website is VistaEquityPartners.com. And you can watch today's entire talk on YouTube. It is called Robert F. Smith at Youth Symposium 2016 H. D. All right, my friend, thank you so much for tuning in this week. You have an incredible weekend and I will see you on Monday or sooner on the Instagram at Sean Croxton. I'm out. Peace.